0: with you don't know how you're supposed to earn it or what to do with it or how to keep it you're a freak with a dark shameful secret but you're not the only one get your hidden financial fears with a blast of sun now your healing has begun it's bad with money with gabby done hello everyone it's gabby done and this is bad with money we have got a hell of a mailbag episode for you guys. We're going to be talking about Charles Munger and the building that he is building at UC Santa Barbara, which has been all over Twitter and TikTok. He's a billionaire who is making one of the worst buildings I've ever seen to house students. We'll get into why it's horrible. And then also we're going to be talking about how Zillow's eye buying program is completely bust, completely bust. And I faced some criticism from a listener who wrote in a little bit upset that I didn't dig deeper into the whole credit card point scandal. Okay, so let's get into the news story of the week, which has me uh, just shaking my head and rolling on the floor laughing. As millennial as that sounds. So this billionaire named Charles Munger has designed a building for uc santa barbara uh, a dorm that has no windows so let's just start there there is a very cool tiktok called louisa talks buildings which i think is a a young person who is an architecture buff and she made a video talking about how charles munger has donated 200 million dollars to uc santa barbara to build a $1.5 billion dorm building where 94% of the students' rooms would not have windows. There would be 4,500 students living in the building with only two exits. And basically it's his design. He's trying to optimize living college students, essentially. The building is meant to solve a housing problem for students at this university But it is, one, so ugly, and two, has no natural light. It literally looks like a prison. It looks like it's from a dystopian novel. I mean, it is just so (laughs) horrible. No, it's dehumanizing. That's what it is. It's dehumanizing. So this guy, Charles Munger, he's an American billionaire investor. He's a buddy of Warren Buffett's. He's had two wives in his life, both named Nancy. So that just stood out to me. Basically, he made this design with no experience in architecture and it is just treating these kids like they are little robots. So basically, there was a lot of criticism. An architect who was on the board of the school stepped down because he was just like, this is not sustainable. This is unsafe. This is horrible. And it sets a horrible precedent for the treatment of students. And also, it's just like a billionaire cramming a bunch of kids into a building with no windows. I mean, it's late-stage capitalism at its finest. So everyone was mad about this. And then up until today is November 3rd, up until today... A UC Santa Barbara spokesperson told Business Insider, the Munger Hall project and design is continuing to move forward as planned. We are delighted to be moving forward with this transformational project that directly addresses the campus's great need for more student housing. They are doubling down. They are doubling down on this. If you want to see more about it, you should go to Louisa Talks Buildings on TikTok. There was also a Business Insider article called Billionaire Charlie Munger Responds to Architect Criticism on his dorm project. I mean, I don't even know what to say about this other than welcome to capitalism. And if you see a design of this building, like look it up, it truly looks like it belongs on Squid Game. So hopefully there can be a big response to this on social media. If you guys wouldn't mind tweeting about it or posting about it or voicing, you know, any kind of dissatisfaction with this project directly to UC Santa Barbara, I think that would be extremely helpful. I cannot imagine the parent who would allow their child to live in that dorm. And I can't imagine the potential fire hazards and trampling that is going to inevitably happen in that dorm. Also, the inevitable depression from not having any windows. Oh, my God. Billionaires live on another planet, you guys. So now let's get into Zillow Offers. That's right. This is your one-stop shop for all Zillow news. Zillow Offers is selling all their homes at a loss they are officially shutting down their home flipping business just like i said in our initial interview with zillow spokesperson amanda pendleton which you can hear in our zillow iBuying controversy episode it starts with the title breaking news i asked her if the company was going to be operating at a loss with similarities to the amazon model where they operated at a loss in the beginning in order to gain a monopoly And Amanda Pendleton said, yes, that was the model that they were kind of following. Unfortunately, I think there was enough backlash and enough problems in the housing market that they were not actually able to sell the homes at the inflated prices that they believed they would be selling the homes at. They lost a bunch of money doing this, which this is a very intense seller's market right now. So it's kind of wild that they weren't able to sell the houses for way more money than they bought them for because a lot of houses are selling for way more money than the seller bought them for. But Zillow wasn't able to do this. So they're basically selling everything at a loss. Now, Reddit has been calling this the Zillow apocalypse. There's been a lot of interesting comments from people who are curious about how Open Door or Redfin's similar buying programs will fare. Basically, everyone on there who sold their house to Zillow is saying that the company paid like 50K over asking price, but then they were not able to actually sell the home for let's say 50K more asking price. They, I think, were under the impression that they would be able to just flip these houses and make tons of money off them and they were not able to, which I sort of hinted at in my episode. Zillow stock is right now 13% off at the open of the market, so they are going to get crushed probably in the next few days. Although some people have been saying that this might actually be a good time to buy Zillow stock because it could potentially rebound since it is such a usually strong company. I almost bought Zillow stock, Not going to lie. And I'm kind of glad I did not. So, yeah, pretty crazy. I'm glad that we have been so on top of this on Bad With Money. Like, this has literally been something that I feel I am reporting out as it's happening, which we kind of don't get to do. So, good thing for these mailbags. But, yeah, basically, TheVerge.com posted on November 2nd, Zillow reportedly needs to sell 7,000 houses after it bought too many. That is $2.8 billion worth of houses. So that is bad. Anyway, Zillow offers didn't work, which we kind of knew it wouldn't. So that's the latest update on Zillow. I also wanted to bring up one other news story. I'm not gonna delve too deep into it, but there's a New York Times article that came out on October 28th that was about Gen Z workplace culture that I think is super interesting and worth reading. We'll link to it in the description below. It's called, The 37-Year-Olds Are Afraid of the 23-Year-Olds Who Work for Them. And there's one interesting quote from it that was about the assumption from Gen Z workers that their workplaces would be political and that their workplaces would take a stance on issues like Black Lives Matter or violence on Asian American people. So there was a very interesting quote that I liked where it said, this is a quote, You talk to older people and they're like, dude, we sell tomato sauce. We don't sell politics, said Mr. Kennedy, co-founder of Plant People, a certified B corporation. Quote, then you have younger people being like, these are political tomatoes. This is political tomato sauce. So that's just one Really interesting look at the difference between millennials and boomers and Gen X in the workplace and Gen Z in the workplace. If anyone reads that article and has thoughts on it or has experiences that relate to it, please write in to GabbyIsBadWithMoney at gmail.com. Okay, so I'm going to read some emails that we got. A couple of them are piggybacking off of things that we said in past episodes or mailbags. And one is a criticism of me and my points episode. So this one is from Katie. Katie. It says, Hey Gabby, my mom turned me onto your show back in season one, so I've been listening since. Most of your house episodes showed up right when my household decided to buy a house, and the mailbag episodes, which I give priority in my nine day long playlist, holy moly, are really interesting, especially with the listener who said renting gave her more freedom. I'm going into buying a house because that is what will give my house more freedom. We're tired of not being able to paint the walls. Uh huh. Thank you for your show. I've learned a lot about how not to really drown under living during late-stage capitalism. Best wishes, Katie in Portland. Thank you so much. Here's another email. This is from Sarah, and it is about points and how I could have done a better episode about it. Hello Gabby! I'm a huge fan of your show and how you talk about the structural issues that influence our financial system. In your last episode, I was disappointed to not see you interrogate the system of points and how it is built on inequality. Those who can benefit from the points system are only an elite few. It requires the time to navigate a very complex system, good enough credit to have access to those cards, which disproportionately excludes many minority groups and those who don't have money already. Even then, most of the rewards are travel, which isn't accessible to many people with jobs that don't allow for PTO. But everyone is paying into this system. Most retail spaces increase prices on all their goods to cover credit card transactions, which is a larger imposition to those in poverty. Credit card companies make a lot of money charging interest on people who can't pay them off, but then pass that money on to those who already have wealth through points. I'm just disappointed you spent so much time in your podcast hyping up a system that is used to hurt a lot of disempowered people to reward the already wealthy. As Mal showed, the system can be used if one has the time and know-how for benefit, but those are rare cases. Credit card points need to be interrogated as an entire idea. Do keep up the good work. I hope you revisit this one at some point, though, Sarah. Yes, thank you so much for writing that in. I always appreciate different perspectives and criticism, and I'm sure other people felt this way listening to the podcast, so I wanted to give voice to those people through Sarah. So I do really appreciate you writing in. Let's read some Apple reviews from you guys. If you leave an Apple review, five stars, it really, really helps us. It gets me back on the charts, basically, and it lets other people know who the show is for and why they should listen to it. Our first review is from Dr. LS437. It says, loving these conversations. As someone who loves personal finance podcasts, I'm really digging this unique perspective in the scene. Hey, thank you so much. Gabby challenges their guests and pushes for real info. I like their sense of humor and voice. Thank you for putting it out there. That's really lovely coming from someone who listens to a lot of finance shows. This review is from Haley B. Dubs. It says, New fave pod. I recently discovered Gabby's pod and they are amazing. I love listening because I always walk away having learned something new. They aren't afraid to address conversations that others would consider controversial. But we all know these are important conversations we need to be having. I'm so thankful to have found this pod. Thank you, Haley. And this is from Loquita08. It just says, yes, my liege, change your life to benefit Gabby Dunn? Absolutely. Which is a reference to me saying, please listen to the podcast the day it comes out instead of binging, which our data has shown you guys love to binge four or five episodes at a time. If you listen to the show the day it comes out, it helps us get on the charts. So I guess Loquita was saying, yes, I will change the way I listen to podcasts for you, Gabby Dunn. Thank you so much. (laughs) I also want to thank our new patrons at patreon.com slash Gabby Dunn. It's Avi, Haley, Ada, Iris, Jevian, the Kellyest Kelly, Emily, Sophie, Emma, and Kaylee. Thank you so, so, so much. If you join my Patreon, patreon.com slash Gabby Dunn, you will also get your name read on the show. If you have something you want me to discuss on air, please send in any news stories that you feel are relevant. You can email me at GabbyIsBadWithMoney at gmail.com or better yet, record your question and send us a voice memo. Again, that's GabbyIsBadWithMoney at gmail.com. Also, you can call in at 844-474-4040. I know you guys have phone anxiety, but come on, come on, let's do it. And please go back and listen to our Wednesday episode all about the fire movement. And next week's episode is going to come out on Wednesday and it's about financial literacy. So subscribe so you don't miss anything. Okay, love you guys. Bye. Done.